Hello, and welcome to Monsters, Cryptids, Creatures, and More, the retake. I do apologize for the audio mis malfunction that happened. Since Christmas had just passed when I first recorded it, I figured it would be a good time to talk about some Christmas-related monsters and creatures. For this episode, I will explain the stories of Krampus, a Germanic Yuletide creature that punishes those on Santa's naughty list, and has gotten quite big in American media recently, Frau Perkta, whose story sounds like a mixture of Santa and Krampus, and who can forget Santa's little helpers and their real origins. If you enjoy a good Christmas movie and a good scare, probably look elsewhere, because the Krampus, excuse me, because Krampus, the 2015 movie, was meh. Fun to watch once, but probably never again, in my opinion and several reviews I saw online. But to some, that strange hulking beast in the movie is more than just a bad costume. It is both a tradition to cherish and fear. Krampus is said to be, said to be the counterpart of St. Nicholas, the patron saint of children. As Nicholas rewards the good, Krampus punishes the bad. He is described as a tall, satyr-like creature with many features of a goat, like horns, hooves, a pointed tongue, and being covered in long, shaggy hair colored brown, red, or white. But, unlike a goat, he is said to stand on two legs and have the torso of a man, with fangs and claws. He is also adorned with chains and bells that he shakes at people he meets on the street. He also carries with him sticks to use as a whip or switch, and a sack used to keep the children as he steals them away. As tradition goes, on December 5th, or Krampusnacht, or the obvious direct translation being Krampus Night, children will set out a shoe on the doorstep to receive either a present or a switch, indicating whether they were good or bad. The next day, they awake to find their item on December 6th, or Nikolastag, or St. Nicholas Day. The switch would be a teasing warning that he is coming to take them to his lair and beat them. His origins are based in Norse mythology, and he is said to be the son of Hel, the goddess who ruled over Hel or Helheim, the Norse version of the underworld. More than likely, as Christianity took over, Krampus, being born the offspring of the ruler of the underworld, made him a demon in their views, and he took the place as Santa's polar opposite. After these two days during the twelve days of Christmas, it is then that Krampuslof, or literally Krampus Run, takes place. It is where men will dress as him and have a parade with fire and dancing. But it is not all fun and games, as some of the Krampusai's, Krampusai, whatever you wish to say, will chase people and may physically hurt them with their sticks. As said before, Krampus has been making headway in popularity in American media recently. The first I saw of him was the aforementioned 2015 movie, Krampus. However, he has also appeared in the TV show Venture Brothers, Grimm, Supernatural, Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell, Hotel Transylvania, Scooby-Doo, American Dad, and a host of other movies. The next Yuletide being is Frau Perkta. During research, I heard it pronounced a couple different ways, but I will be using that pronunciation throughout the story. She also goes by many other names like Perkta, Hol, Herk, Freck, God, and Wod, depending on location. And the term Frau means mother. This Yuletide witch comes from the area around Austria and Bavaria, and is the punisher of wrongdoing children. 
This legend was popularized thanks to the brothers Grimm, who told of the tale of Frau Brerta, Brerta, excuse me, being a goddess of abundance who was demonized by the Catholic Church and turned into a witch. She is described as a typical witch, looking like a crone with a long nose, and she sometimes carries a cane, but is mostly is most commonly, excuse me, depicted with a long knife she hides under her skirt. She is very much like a combination of Santa and Krampus, as she will reward the good little children, but har- harshly punish the bad. She will also punish women for not doing housework and unspun flax. For those she deemed good, a silver coin was left, but for the bad, or those who forget the porridge for her, she does more than just leave coal. She is said to slit open your stomach, remove your organs, and stuff you of straw. During the three days leading to Christmas, you can hear what sounds like thunder and lightning, but it is really her and her wild hunt. The wild hunt comes from Norse mythology, where the leader, sometimes Odin, or in German Woden, sometimes Perkta or Holda, will lead a herd of animals and or spirits around through the sky during the nights of the twelve days leading to January 6th. Holda and Perkta, unlike Odin or Woden, will, like stated prior, check up on people seeing if their work is done for the year, and tangling unspun flax and punishing those that didn't leave offerings. Like Krampus, she too has festivals for her, called Perktenlauf, of a similar tradition of chasing people while wearing horrifying wooden masks called Perkten. Other than the Brothers Grimm and several other books, historical or traditional storytellings, there is not a lot of mention of her in American media or video games, so not a lot can be said about her from this perspective. But if we make if we can make Krampus famous in a hall he does is steal kids, then I think the belly-slitting witch who leads an army of evil spirits and beasts can make for a much better movie. Now, when I think of Christmas, a few things come to mind. A fat man with a big heart and a love of giving. Talking snowmen. A deer with a mutation that makes him ostracized until people realize it's useful. And Santa's little helpers, the elves. But if you've watched a Tolkien movie, played a numerous number of fantasy games, watched any other fantasy movie or TV show, then you know elves almost never look the same. This is due in part to the story of elves changing over time from their roots in North Miso- North Miso- Norse mythology, excuse me, to fey creatures with no distinguishable differences from fairies. They're, they are described as luminous beings, more beautiful than the sun, holding a position as high as the Vanir and Aesir. They were called Alfhar, and live in one of the, lived, excuse me, in one of the nine worlds on Yggdrasil. Alfheim. But the lines between what makes a giant, a dwarf, or an elf different are blurry at best. Where some tales <clears throat> excuse me, say that the elves are the Vanir, which under the context of them being ruled by Freyr, a Vanir god, makes sense. But other accounts strongly put the two as separate groups. These beings could either bring illness and disease, or cure sickness and bring health whichever they so choose, usually determined by if they were given an offering or not. Later, when Christianity started making its rounds in Germanic peoples, they started changing their old views on old uh, like old stories, 
and creatures, demoting them to either spirits or demons and altering their depictions. With Christianity's much stronger views on the line between good and evil, the elves followed suit, and the once godlike creatures were now divided into two. They became the light and dark elves, since the concept of a creature being capable of both good and evil did not fit well in medieval teachings. The Jusalfar <clears throat> were the light elves, the embodiment of good, while the Dokalfar were the dark elves, the embodiment of evil. Jusalfar lived in Alfheimer, the land of the elves, or elves, while Dokalfar live, lived in Svartalfheimer, the land of black elves. However, with some speculation based on some stories, it may seem that the Dokalfar are just the dwarves' long-standing enemies of the elves, just renamed due to Christian influences. The Jusalfar and Dokalfar are the Scandinavian and Icelandic stories of the elves from around 1100 CE. In mainland Europe, these creatures would take on a very different forms, excuse me, very different forms, and changes, or through changes, excuse me. In the UK, elves are said to be diminutive. Shakespeare described elves as tiny winged creatures that fluttered around flowers in his Midsummer Night's Dream. In English tales, male elves were said to be little, tiny little old men, while females, young and beautiful, living in kingdoms found in forests, meadows, and hollowed-out trees. Taking those old Norse elves into their lore and stories, the English would eventually have fairies and elves basically being the same creature by a different name. Other Central European cultures also had the elf as diminutive in size and found in the middle of nature, with either a trickster attitude, or sometimes doing heinous deeds, or something that would help on occasion. Stories tell of wet nurses being taken or asked or forcibly, e sorry, excuse me, either asked or forcibly, to the elf world to help them with childbirth, since they could not themselves. One story of a wife of clergyman Peter Rom was summoned to aid in the birth of a child of mystical beings. She did what needed to be done, and then politely refused any offerings of hospitality, and headed home. The next day, she found a pile of silver left for them. The idea of Santa being surrounded by elves was popularized in magazines in the mid-1800s. One article in a 1873 issue of Godey's Ladies' Book, featuring, featured an illustration with Santa surrounded by toys and elves. The same editorial described them not as elves, but a whole village of poor foreigners. The idea of Santa leading an entire village was seen as a romantic version of American capitalism and hit home for the capitalistic minds of the time, and Santa soon commonly had his elf companions in every story. Elves are all over the place in modern media, obviously Santa's elves, but also the aforementioned Tolkien elves, video games like Skyrim, Dragon Age, God of War, Warhammer, and so many, many more. Now, if you would like to see this image for yourself, just do a quick Google search for Goaty's Ladies Book, Santa 1873, and of course, all the spellings of these creatures will be down in the description so you can look up more yourself. I would like to thank you for listening to this podcast. If you tried to listen to it before and only got about the last 10 seconds of it, I would like to apologize for that. I am unsure what happened, but the whole episode did not post. And <clears throat> I would like to say thank you for listening, and I hope everyone has a wonderful day.